Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. In this podcast, we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or even only one episode. For this month, we will be exhuming the weirdest and wildest of adult animation. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. Game over, man! Game over! This week, we will be covering the very short-lived animated sitcom Game Over, which ran... On UPN. Remember yes. UPN? Yes, yes. Before they merged with the WB to become the CW, there was UPN. Woohoo. They created nothing of note. Their top rated show forever was SmackDown, and nothing ever came close to it in ratings. The only shows they had that did really well were shows that like came over when the wb died yep like buffy did great i mean it was yeah anything they got that worked out real well was from the looted corpse of Mm -hmm. uh star trek voyager was their only other like super notable hit yeah people did watch that show oh good for them this show though horrendous people did not watch the show uh this show ran uh five episodes and was canceled due to low ratings yeah there's a lot of reasons shows get canceled. This one was canceled in the middle of its first season. Only five episodes actually ran. An unaired sixth episode was uh, easy to find on YouTube. Yeah, was watched by us. And not very many other people. Uh, the shows didn't do well. It got decent reviews. It did? Yeah. I read the New York Times review and it's like, it's damned with faint praise. Okay. Like, what's... I'm gonna pull up this exact quote. It's a diverting introduction. Like, it's not... (laughs) It's kind of like he's saying, I don't like video games, but I bet someone who did would like it. Because what exactly is the premise to this show? So, this show focuses on the Smashinburns, who are a family of four, you know, your standard father, mother, daughter, son, and their weird pet... Turbo. Who, yeah, their weird pet Turbo, who is voiced by Artie Lang. And they are video game characters, but they have a normal family life. The dad is like a Forza driver. He's yes. your standard racing driver. Rip, smash and burn. Yes. Uh, the wife is a thinly veiled Lara Croft ripoff. Yes, indeed. Uh, named Raquel, smash and burn. And their daughter and son don't yet have careers. Yeah. We see her play a lot of volleyball. She Well, she doesn't like it. Which is a whole thing we'll come up to. In I think a we get bit. that she likes volleyball, but she doesn't like anybody she plays volleyball with. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, she plays it because she enjoys it, but she hates the rest of her team. So, uh, one thing I have to start with, and it's, it's a weird thing to start with, but it's notably bad. Yes. Is the opening theme song. Did you ever wonder what happens after the game ends? Shoot, I'm late for dinner. Welcome to the other side. (laughs) 
because the opening theme song, we get, you know, what happens when the game's over. And then it it's not really a song that plays. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of a collection of noise. Right. And then it kind of just gives us a list of inaccurate descriptions of these characters. A list that was clearly written before episodes were written and before it was, like, hammered down. Yeah. Because it looks like... Uh, I'm sorry, what's the wife's name again? Raquel. Raquel. Raquel is in a fighting game. Yes. But she's not. Right. Then we see this, the uh, the daughter who's protesting for, like, women's rights in gaming. She's anti-thong. Because she's anti-thong, which is a thing they kind of touch on, but not really. Like, she's not a rabble raiser in this show. She can be a little bit, but it's not her driving. It, they don't commit to it. Yeah. And then they show the son dirt biking, which we happens... literally never see him do. He, he does once, because there's a whole thing about participation trophies. Right. And then the dog is just kind of there, and we see Rip smash the car. And that's the only thing that's, like, accurate, is that he crashes the car a lot. But, like, not only is the theme song bad, it's just inaccurate for the show they're presenting. Yeah, it's not... The biggest single problem with this show is it's got a really cool premise that it doesn't know what to do with. That it just simply does not use. Because our opening shot is Rip driving. Right. And the first thing they show us is Crash Bandicoot. In a Got Milk ad. In a Got Milk ad. And it's kind of fun. Because like your first thought is, when this came out, because what year did this come out? 2004. 2004. Got Milk ads were everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, oh, in this universe, uh, it's Crash Bandicoot that's the the spokesmodel for Got Milk. Because he's a celebrity. Because he's a celebrity. Do this quick Google search. Okay. I believe that Crash Bandicoot actually was in a Got Milk ad. I think that was a real ad. Because I noticed that they went out of their way to show it in every episode. So it wasn't a joke it was a paid advertisement. Um, what I can find... Oh, he's done a lot of cameos. Oh, what's up, Uncharted? No, I don't need push notifications for Crash Bandicoot Wiki. You sure? What's wrong with people? I- I'm almost positive no, I would... Rem- no, it's not. They only, I, the only image hit I found for it was the still from Game Over. But I, I still believe that, like... Got Milk paid for that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because they show it in almost every episode. It's like, oh, is this just a commercial? Yeah, and I do call it in my notes, I wrote one frame time cast, one frame time capsule. Yeah. Because it really, that in the utterly cheap, bad computer animation, like, this show makes Jimmy Neutron look like Pixar. Yeah, it's, it's very poorly done. Uh, it's... Like, it looks bad for a video game. It looks bad for a, a TV show. It just kind of looks bad. Yeah, this is just... It's a bad show. Like, yeah. it's... And the the first episode really punches home how bad it is with one joke. Yeah. This, this like, I gave up on this show after this joke. Uh, the first episode is... Uh, the tale of the son getting a dog. Yes. And the daughter 
getting her first bra. Yes, she wants a bra. She wants to go shopping. Yeah. So they go to the mall. Mm-hmm. And the mom can't take her because she's got to go adventure. She has to go Laura Croft. So her dad has to buy a bra for her daughter. It's awkward and stuff like that. So they're walking through the mall. And out of nowhere, someone in a like floral shirt mm-hmm. comes out, punches Rip in the face. Right. What do you need, Alice? Ugh, I don't need anything. Great. Let's hit the food court. We just ate dinner. Corn dogs it is. <laughs> what is this, Vice City? Yes, I actually have that noted in my notes. This is not a joke. It's the Big Bang Theory humor. Yeah. We named a thing you recognize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it bothers me in particular because this is something that Plus Two Comedy never wants to be. Right. And the reason that this joke is in there is, at that moment, they needed a joke. And they're like, all right, let's do a video game joke. And what they then tried to do is throw out a wide net. Yeah. Because if they make a more specific joke, you might lose some of the audience. But what you would do is gain the audience you're trying to attract. Right. Because I'll rewrite that joke right now. He's walking through the mall. Guy walks up, punches him in the face. His daughter goes, oh my God, what was that about? And the, the dad says, oh, that's Tommy Versetti. He hasn't changed since high school. It's not the best joke, but instead of it being like, ah, oh, GTA, huh? People who would understand it go, oh, they're joking about GTA. That's funny. I get that. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I think the hard thing is I really wish I'd seen this show in 2011 before this premise was done. In Wreck-It Ralph? Yes. I, I thought about Wreck-It Ralph thought. a lot during this show. And I was like, man, Wreck-It Ralph did this better. Because the other thing that they're kind of like floating in this weird limbo the whole time is, do they know they're a video game? I, I don't know. Because, like, his neighbor is the protagonist in a first-person shooter, which we see once. And he just kind of, like, walks up and talks to him and you, like, see the HUD. Mm-hmm. And, like, he shoots a squirrel. And then that character's done. Yeah, and then his other neighbors are the ninjas. Yes, are, are ninjas that are just constantly killing people. Yeah, and, like, their neighbor... The neighbor's wife is the Dark Princess, I want to yeah, say her name is. something. Yeah. It's... <sighs> oh, it's rough. It's... So, we see a lot of Raquel's job. Yeah. And her whole thing is that she goes after the MacGuffin monkeys. They're all made out of something different. Like there's yes. a plutonium monkey and an emerald monkey. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess let's go through episode by episode here. So we have right. our first episode, which is uh, the daughter getting a bra. Right. And I don't think that's ever resolved. Because I know the dad says something like, because uh, she wants it for a date. And she's like, any date where you need new underwear, you're not getting it. And she has a good, uh, she has a really good response of like, it's not really for him, which is a big thing with, um, especially younger girls in lingerie. It's not really for the boy. Yeah. And it's, the show flirts with good ideas occasionally. Okay. And when she says something about getting the bra, she was like, he's not going to see it. It's for me. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like almost like a good little feminist moment. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the girl's doing something for her to make herself confident. But then it falls back onto him being like, wow, you're not dating. Yeah. And and that's kind of like, it just kind of wraps up. Yeah. Uh, then the, the storyline with Turbo is they're trying to get the, the son a dog so he'll open up about stuff. Yeah. Because he's into music. Well, it's both kids. They're both getting secretive. They're turning into teenagers. So they're going to get a dog to, to bring the family together. They get Turbo, who is voiced by Artie Lang, and terrible. So the plan is to drive him to the dump and ditch him. Yes. And then they decide that they love Turbo, so they're not going to do that. But they never have a good reason to love Turbo. He never does anything redeeming. He never does yeah. anything sweet. He's a big purple monster dog that is always smoking, constantly drinking, very sexually uh, perversive. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for us to be like, oh, but he's a good boy. No, he's miserable. And it sucks because it very much has this feeling of, who can we get on the show? Oh, Artie Lang's available. Yes. Write an Artie Lang character. Yes. He, like, robs pawn shops. He's violent. He's really just a bad character. Yeah. But they take him in. They take him in. And then that's the end of that. Because, like, his character reminded me of Spanky Ham from Drawn Together. Yes. But the whole point of that is, like, they're all from different walks of life. And they have to live together. And you see them, like, interact with different weird things. This dog, like, is he supposed to be a video game monster? Is he supposed to be a protagonist in a video game? Where is this dog coming from? My first thought was that he was, like, kind of a Conker's Bad Fur Day kind of thing. Like, raunchy grown-up video game. Yeah, but, like, there's no, that's not a... It's never mentioned. It's never mentioned what he has to do with, like... Anything. What they should have done is made him a villain from a game. Like, I, there's clearly some issue where they can't actually talk about video games in it. Because yeah. the ones they do are very few and far between. But, like, to, to set up the joke that, like, oh, he's a villain. He's a Goomba. Yeah. You know, something like that. To be like, oh... That's why the fact that they love him and that it's special would mean something. Yes. Uh, I have a long rant, but I'm saving it for the end. (laughs) So we'll get back to my feelings on Turbo in a sec. Uh, So then episode two is the best episode of the series, right? This is the test? I'm having the problem of, I want to look at the, can we pause for a second? Because I'm looking at this and what the, uh, what TV.com says the run order is. I'm not sure that's the order we watch them. Really? Yeah. Like, let me pull this up right now. Okay, no, it is, it's Alice and the Cats is the second episode we watched. And it's not the second episode that was aired. Oh. So, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna play a game here, guys. Because I, stuff didn't seem to make sense to me. So, uh, do we want to go with the actual airing order or the air... Or the order of anyone who watched it with us on YouTube, because they probably all watched the same link let, we did. Let, let's go with the order we watched it. Okay. And then we'll jump in with, like, this should have been here. All so, right. obviously, the dog episode has to be the first episode. That was the first episode. Because the, the dog is in the rest of them. Yeah. 
So the it's next... also the, a clear pilot. We meet yeah. everybody. We establish everybody. So the next one we watched, I believe, was the test. Yes, Alice and the Cats. It's your character aptitude test. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the important SAT test that you can only take once that determines the rest of your life. Yeah, and this is where they, they it really kind of leans into the premise where the daughter who's the, what's the daughter's name again? Alice. 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 Uh, Alice takes the test and loses on purpose. Yeah. Just kind of as a protest to what this is. And thus, the only job she is qualified to do is... Uh, She got the lowest score uh, in the entire school. What? That's impossible. Our son goes to this school. Billy's not taking the CATs this year, Dad. My bad. Don't worry. There are many exciting career available to our bottom-rung students. Uh, let's take a look at our future, okay? Professional snowboarder? That's actually kind of cool. Oh, no, 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 not that. That. Have a good one. Chairlift operator? Uh, yeah, no, it's not that either. It's, it's, it's that. Yay! What are those nut bars doing? They're cheering. They're professional spectators. That's fun, right? Who stands at a uh, ski resort going, yay, when people go by. A bystander. Which is something that would be needed in the world of video games. Is the person that cheers at stuff. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is fun. And then she's like, I bailed it on perfect on on purpose. We need to change this. Because Raquel got a really good score, so she didn't want to live up to her yeah. mother's Yeah, she felt too much pressure. She wanted to throw it away because like she didn't want to fail and while trying, because that would be a true failure. There's some good stuff here. Yeah, I mean this is the best episode of the series. This is the one that leans into the uh what we see of the test. Yeah. Is they have to kill a giant scary mutant mosquito. Yes. And it introduces her friends who are an elf. And a zombie. And a zombie. Whose names we learn, but they are not memorable. Oh, do, yeah. We do learn them. And this is also the episode where um, Billy, I wanted to call him Dash, because I was thinking about The Incredibles. Now it's the a good show. Yeah. Um, a good movie. Uh, Billy falls in love with Suki, who is a, uh, a Japanese anime exchange student. Yeah, which, again, like, not really... In line with the premise, but like I, I guess the idea is this world is the video game world and she's from the anime world? I thought she was kind of like a DDR type. Like, she looked like the character avatars from DDR. I had that thought too, but like the fact that she's an exchange student made me think that maybe it was like, yeah, she's from a different genre. She's from anime. Because she like could fly... And would, like, leave a rainbow wherever she went? I mean, yeah, she's got a lot of the magical girl trappings. Yeah. Uh, they write her off with a really good line that makes me laugh really bad. Which was? Laugh really bad. I'm doing great, guys. Tomorrow, I must return home. Tomorrow? My family needs me. It's Godzilla season. We must kill him many times. Oh, yes, yeah. Which makes me feel like it's a video game, because if they have to keep killing Godzilla. That is true. That is true. All right, so I'll, maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it's kind of like 2004 easy, lazy racial stereotyping. Yeah. But this show almost kind of gets away with it because they can kind of say it's a genre. Yeah. Was what she said subtitled? Was that a thing that also happened? No. 
No? Okay. I mean, I invented that. I'm sorry. I think... You know what? No. Some of it was. So, like, yeah, I thought she sang When they song first meet. Yeah. And then later, it's not because that was a thing they didn't want to commit to. <laughs> it's, yeah, that sounds about Because I right. guess they didn't think the viewers would read. But that's all in that episode. Yeah. And then Alice and Raquel do a heist. Yeah. To steal her scores and ultimately end up destroying everyone's scores. Yeah, so everyone has to take it again. And, like, Alice is not the best at it, but, like, she's learning on the fly. And, like, there's signs that she could be the protagonist of a game. Uh, again, very confusing if they know it's a video game or not. And but... it, it's very interesting because it's... Um, it was the fifth episode. It was actually the final episode to air. So that was the final episode to air. Okay. Yes. Wow. They, they would have kept more viewers maybe if they aired they that burned off to, uh They burned off episodes four and five in one night. Which is, you know, your big clue that you're getting canceled. And then the sixth episode ultimately did not air. So the next episode we watch... Uh, I believe is the participation trophy where they. Oh God! Don't it's not that. when they go hunting. Um, it's the one when Alice becomes an icon, uh, for, with uh, her schoolmates. It's oh, when yes. they keep copying. They do the Dylan Farnham plot from Doug. From Doug, yes, where Doug she... is wearing the popular guy's clothes, and then they follow him around. Uh, Alice keeps accidentally becoming a trendsetter. Well, she refuses to change for Jim. Yes. Because all the other girls are in bikinis. Right. And she wears a... Uh, a sweatshirt that says school. A, yeah, a camo sweatshirt that says school. Which your belief was, it was like a school pride shirt? That it was like a pastiche of a lot of high school girls. will just wear a college hoodie. Yeah. Like all the time. Especially once they hit junior, senior year, they're looking at school. Which is probably true. But dumb. A dumb way to do it, to have it say, to school. Yeah, it's an update of the classic John Belushi college, college. shirt. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, walk into any dorm. Look at someone's wall. It's there. Yeah, it's probably there. And then the other plot that I... The first plot I have a big issue with is Rip realizes how much more successful Raquel is than he is. Yeah. And starts doing the, like, sitcom-y... Husband threatened by the fact that his wife's the breadwinner. And there's a detail in here I super enjoy. Uh, Rip is a race car driver. Yes. And across his car it says, your ad here. Yes. Because he's such a bad race car driver, he doesn't have a sponsor. Right. Which I was like, that's a fun joke. We're going to see it every episode. But it's, it's, I mean, it's funny. Yeah, and there's an issue with like, he finds out his wife makes four times his salary. Like, you know, I'm I'm engaged. I know what my fiancé makes. He knows what I make. And, like, it feels weird that somebody wouldn't know what their spouse that they're raising children with makes. Yeah, I mean, I, there is the premise that she was recently going back to work. Because there there is plot where it's like, uh, I decided to go back to work because my kids are older now. True, and like the first episode does have a plot where uh, Alice protests her job, so you get the impression that this is the first time Raquel hasn't been there for her kids. Yeah, 
And that does become a theme of Raquel not being able to be around because of work. Mm-hmm. And a thing that makes me really mad. I know it makes you mad. We'll wait till we actually get to that episode for you to get I know, we're extremely just, mad. I'm getting pre-mad. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and get pre-mad. Pre-game in uh, my rage. So, let me tell you, this wasn't memorable. Because I'm pretty sure all that happens is... Rip is really upset that he makes less money than Raquel. And then Raquel's like, aw, don't let it bother you. And he's like, good point. And then, like, he wins a race. Yeah. Yeah, the, um... I I do have the note of why are these cartoons always sexist? Because when uh, Billy dates Suki, the attitude toward him, and he's ostensibly younger. Yeah. Uh, the attitude toward him dating is so different than the attitude toward yeah, Alice Yeah, like, go dating. get him, tiger. Yeah, like, Rip helps him when he refused to help uh, Alice in any way. Right. So uh, this this is a very sexist show and bothers me a lot. I know. Um, I, I have things to say about that, but I'll wait till the end. Yeah. Uh, and the other plot of uh, the, the trend-setting thing is she tells these... Very mindless volleyball players who are in bikinis that, like... We're programmed to think that we have to show off our bodies to every skeezy guy. But we don't. I don't. Oh, so that's why you wear that camouflage sweatshirt every single day. No, I wear it because it's soft. And because this world is so upside down and messed up and perverted. Sometimes it feels like I need camouflage just to stay alive. Whoa. Oh, and I have hairy arms. Wow. And then they start dressing like her. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm on board with the storyline, but she hates it. Right. The Dylan Farnham plot. The D- Dylan Farnham plot. So she then tells these girls, I don't think we're being modest enough. And then they're all wearing burkas. Welcome to the mid-2000s, kids. I was like, this is a little bit uncomfortable. Burka plot. Yeah. And then Alice walks out wearing a camo bikini. And she looks good. But, uh... She's like 16. I will cut that out. <laughs> and, well, also fictional in a cartoon. But still, uh, she comes out and she's like, yeah, I'm in my bikini. Uh, because we can dress however we want. We can dress in the bikinis. And the girls immediately pull off their burkas and are like, yay, bikini time. She's like, I had more of a point, but whatever. And then we see Turbo in a burka trying to spy on the girls playing volleyball. Because, you know, we needed that. Yeah, and admittedly... They're 16, Turbo. They're 16. But, like, admittedly, knowing that with us watching the cat episode first and then the uh, volleyball episode, it kind of gave Alice more of a rabble-rouser personality. Like, those fit together yeah. and kind of set her up as someone who's struggling to find herself and struggling to find her identity, and almost makes her this, like, really good character. Yeah, she she was the, probably the best character in the show. I, I think that's been an interesting thing, because, like, The Good Family, where Bliss was the Bliss closest was the to character. being a good character. Yeah. And it's really interesting that these shows come the closest to a good, well-rounded character with teenage girls... Mm-hmm. Who I feel like would logically be very hard to represent, and it, I mean they're all kind of Lisa Simpson. 
Yeah, they're all, like, a little bit different from their families, a little smarter in a lot of ways, a little more yeah. stable. And it, it's just interesting because I would think that grown men would have the hardest time writing young women. Yeah. Having been a young woman and knowing that, like, we can be very, very weird. Yeah. I hear you. Men wrote this. Men wrote this. Uh, okay. So then, uh, so that episode was what we watched third. Yeah, and uh, it was the second episode to air. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so then the next episode we watched was... Uh, the next episode we watched... Uh, I want to say that's the participation trophy one. No, that was the one we just talked about. That was the, the B-plot of... Participation trophy? Yeah, that was the B-plot of... Because Alice wins the game. That's why the... Uh, that's why all the volleyball girls start listening to her. Oh. Instead I thought... of being dismissive. So there was a C-plot then. Yeah. There was the, we had to give a Billy a plot. No, I thought the participation ones where they go hunting. Um, nope. No, they go hunting because Billy is obsessed with technology. Oh, okay. Well, I will say this about uh, the Smash and Burns. Is they do a good job with the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Because there's no point where you're like, oh, they, they don't love each other. No, they they actually they're they're actually a pretty cute couple, and they have a good marriage. Yeah, like they're pretty open with each other. They talk; it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, and that's refreshing because usually in these shows, like the attitude is the male is the indisputed protagonist. I would actually say the main character is Raquel. Yeah, she's the she's the the playable character, which is kind of interesting in a way. So the next episode we watched. The fourth one we watched was uh, called All Work and No Play. And that was uh, when Billy's doing the school play. Billy's doing the school play, which is hilariously titled Ninja on the Roof. Like Fiddler on the Roof, but ninjas because video games. You tried to make it uh, Cat in the Hot Tin Roof? I thought it was supposed to be Cat on the Hot Tin Roof because I forgot about Fiddler on the Roof. But that wouldn't allow this to be racist later. Yeah, my, my background is musical theater, so I was like, no, no it's Fiddler. But so, instead of uh, Jews fleeing Anna Tevka, it's Ninja, Romeo, and Juliet? Yeah. So Raquel kind of gets some slack for not helping enough in her son's life. Yeah, she gets uh, a bunch of crap from their neighbor. Yeah, Because their neighbor is, like all sitcom neighbors in domestic comedies... Their neighbor is super mom. Their neighbor is the best at everything. Somehow makes it work. Uh, she reminded me of a character from Baby Blues. Um, Wanda and Daryl's neighbor, Bunny. Yeah. Is like the perfect mom. And that's kind of who this reminded me of. Like what would now be called a Pinterest mom. Okay. Uh, so I, I want to see if you end up agreeing with me on this. Uh Raquel shows up and is like, Hey, Ma, what you doing here? I told you I was coming. Right. Why again? I love you, and I want to share this experience with you. How sweet. Here's a bucket of sawdust. What's this for? You'll see. Mammoth, it's time for your scene. Well, hello, folks. I didn't notice I had company. I should think that... (laughs) Sawdust! (laughs) No deal. I want a real job. I'll do costumes. 
So they give her costumes, which she blows. Yeah. The director's like, oh, you failed. What a surprise. Luckily, I had backup costumes for them to wear. And the neighbor had the costumes. Yeah. Do you completely side with the person running the show? Yeah, I mean, the show would have been... Like, there's so many things wrong with it of, like, how long did they give Raquel to do these costumes? Because we also know that, like, Raquel has a lot of money. I would have thought the more logical plot line would be Raquel pays someone and they find out. And then they go back to give that, her crap. That would have made more sense. But, like... And it makes more sense with the, like, Mommy Wars storyline they're trying to set up. Of, oh, she's the mom who has to buy help. Yeah, that would have been 100% better. Because, you know, she has these connections with this shadowy agency that picks her up by helicopter i'm sure they've got a costume like i'm sure they've got a wardrobe person yeah uh but as someone who did theater like the director is doing the show this woman who is irresponsible shows up and demands a job you give her something menial because she's unproven yeah you so you try to give her something menial she rejects it you give her another job she fails but like a good director has a backup plan. This woman is great. Yeah. How is she the villain? Yeah, like you're you're not supposed to it's that like that good family kind of like we're not supposed to like the perfect neighbor. Right. Because we're told we're not supposed to like her. Yeah. And she does say something kind of shady to the protagonist. But it's, you know, protagonist enter morality. Yeah. And I thought it didn't make sense because in that situation, if you're trying to do the mommy wars thing, it made more sense if it was like the storyline was Raquel pays someone, they find out and they give her crap. So then Raquel really can't win. Yeah. Instead of failing, she succeeds in the task a different way and they still give her crap. Yeah. That and makes like sense. on the heels of the last storyline being Raquel makes too much money and her husband is threatened. And then this and the first episode being, you know. Raquel's not there for her daughter and her daughter protests her job. This time it's Raquel screws up the play. It kind of sets up this thi- this very waste of a premise thing where we don't for some reason deal with the video games that much and we deal with, you know, Raquel being a working mom, which I think is a cool concept of like this very normal life thing mm-hmm. applied to this world, but they don't do a good enough job applying it to this world. No, they don't. I'm going to get to a whole thing about it. I'm, I'm saving it for the end because I'm super angry. All right. So, but I'm, I'm just going to bite my tongue. And I'm sure that we're, there was a C-plot to that. Because um, I'm sure Billy was doing something with his dad. Um, No, Billy's with the mom in this one. Oh, I'm sorry. Ra- Raquel, it's the one where they, set her, up with the, they set her up with the pit crew guy. Oh, Alice goes on a date with uh, his pit crew person. And the whole idea is... Uh, He's a dad and he doesn't want it to happen. There's a really good bit that they do in the bed. Yeah. Where he's like, At least Alice has a new boyfriend. You know Zeke down at the track? Womanizer idiot about yay tall. Yeah, I fixed him up with Alice. Why? I didn't mean to. I was just bonding with him over how much we objectify women. Let me finish. And then I introduced him to our daughter. Let me finish. It was a mistake. I'm finished. And then he just rolls over and goes to bed. <laughs> that was funny. No, they actually... The rest of the scene is they discuss it. And they discuss why he can't forbid her. Right. Because what happens when they forbid... And then you hear a baby cry. 
So you get the impression that Alice is the product of Raquel's father not wanting right. Rip to date her. So uh, he gives her permission. So she goes on the date and he's a crazy person and she hates it. And uh, she learns that she doesn't want to date that type of guy. Yeah. And that's that's how that one ends. Yeah, and like she actually like gains her father's trust a little bit. And it's like actually... Like, kind of almost a nice moment, if the show was better. Yeah. So, the next episode's the camping episode. Yeah, th- th- let's talk about this goddamn camping out episode. Because this is where Turbo is just the worst. Oh, Tur- yeah, I forgot about the end of the Turbo has, like, a booty call. Yeah. Who falls madly in love with him. and she, For no reason. He's just trying to dodge her, so he ends up going camping with Rip and Billy. Right. While this is happening, uh, the son is out of touch with reality because he's so into technology, but he's in a goddamn video game, so this is stupid. Yeah. There's no reason for this. So they want, like, because Rip wants to play catch, and he doesn't want to play catch, so they're going to go camping. Yeah, that's the punishment when you don't want to play catch. Yes, you have to go camping. Meanwhile, uh, this is where... Uh, Alice is trying to do drugs? Yeah, it's the, uh, the elf cookies, which are, I guess, supposed to be, like, weed brownies. Yeah, but, but it's supposed but to be magical. Magic, magic because... cookies, that's right, because she has a friend who's an elf. Yeah. And there's a good bit where, like, uh, that her zombie friend brings a box of just regular cookies, and is like, if they accuse us of eating cookies, we can show them that we were eating cookies, and then they can't be mad that we were eating cookies. Yeah. So, showing how dumb the euphemism is. Yeah. So, like, that part was kind of funny. Uh, so, well, sh- yeah. And they're going to make these magic cookies. They get caught. So, Alice has to clean the garage. Yes. And finds that Raquel used to abuse cookies herself. Yeah, that she ate yeah. them a lot in her we youth. Learned it from watching you. I okay. learned it from you. I learned it from watching you. Uh... And the way I believe this storyline ends is she, Alice tries to escape her room to go to a party to do cookies. Yes. Gets caught in a trap and is hung upside down. Yes. The mom comes out and says, look, I understand. I can't stop you. If you want to go to that party and eat cookies, you can. And she's like, thanks, mom. But then she doesn't let her down from the trap and just leaves her hanging upside down. Right. That was the end of that, right? Yep. That never went any further? Yeah, and they never let her down. She's still in that tree somewhere. Yeah, it's... It's not good. Now, while, but while the camping is happening, uh, they want Billy to shoot something so that they can eat. Yeah. And while this is happening, this woman that loves Turbo finds him and is right. on the way up. So Turbo hands a gun to Billy and says, if you're hungry, shoot that. Yeah. And has Billy shoot a sniper rifle at this character that clearly has agency. Like, this is a murder. And yeah, it's very unnecessarily dark and doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's not enough of like, well, it's a video game. Previously, to excuse the idea that this... This guy is like, I'm sick of banging that, and it's a quasi-nuisance to me, so I need someone else to murder it. 
Yeah, like, we haven't seen a character, uh, I mean, outside of the zombie, who, it could be hand-waved that he's a zombie, he always gets something, like, put through his head. Yeah. But we don't see anybody die and respawn, which would make sense. You don't see any video game tropes. No, you don't see anyone, like, get hit and lose a whole bunch of a collector thing. Like, they could have yeah. done a really good bit where Alice bumps someone in the hallway and a bunch of coins fall out. Yeah, a bunch of coins fall out. Instead, what we get is, in the background, there's a picture of Frogger. Yeah. So, uh, alright, it's Frogger. Whatever. Yeah. The video games feel more like they're a, an Easter egg for extreme laymen. Because nothing's ever even like a deep it's, cut. It's that wide net I'm talking about. Because if they went too specific, they'd lose part of the audience, quote-unquote. Because it wouldn't be for everyone. It would just be for gamers. Which it should be! Well, and it was for no one because it got cancelled in four weeks. Um, so that brings us to the final unaired episode? Well, and then the, the end of the episode ends with Raquel and Rip eating the cookies. Yeah, doing drugs because their kids are slightly distracted. Yeah, so it's like, okay... Uh, I found the parents to be so charmless. Like, I liked Rip. I I didn't even like Rip. Like, I I thought they were both really hypocritical in a lot of ways. And I guess maybe that's, like, parenting. Because I feel like the parents are hypocrites trope gets picked up in every sitcom. Because I feel like the mom's a hypocrite. But, like, I always feel like Rip is trying, but kind of dumb. Yeah. Well, you get the idea that Rip's kind of not good at things and... Yeah. Um, and you get the idea that, like, Billy is a standard, like, Billy is the boy. He doesn't have a lot of traits. No. Outside of boy. And dating a lot. Because he also, like, has a brief romance with the neighbor's daughter. Right. During the Romeo and Juliet episode, they're also kind of a thing. And then he goes for her boob, and she does a ninja thing, and... Throws him off the roof. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. We have to get to the weird part. We, I'm sorry we skipped over this. We got to go back to the play where Turbo... I Someone's trying to kill Turbo because I think Turbo has mob ties. Yeah, there's some kind of weird... Yeah, Turbo like develops a drinking problem and messes with somebody. He, no, he owes someone money. Yeah. Because he steals one of the Raquel's monkeys and that calls it even. Yeah. But like... He ruins the play, and then he runs backstage, and then dresses up as a stereotypical Jewish man. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird, quasi, like, anti-Semitic, it's funny because it's Jewish. And well, that's the end of this episode, how he finally gets the girlfriend to go away. He, like, starts screaming about, he has all of these, like, Republican opinions to get her to leave. We were made for each other, Turbo. And if I have to kill you to prove it, I will. But I'm a... I'm a Republican, okay? I said it. Are you happy now? Are you happy? Uh, Not ideal. But our love is bigger than the two-party system. Yeah, but I support offshore oil drilling. You serious? And school vouchers. Oh, but the school vouchers will take away crucial funds from public schools. Yes, Ramona, but parents should at least have the right to choose where and how their children are educated. But not at the cost of our democracy. Oh, oh no, you disgust me. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's like, I believe in school vouchers. 
people should have a right where they send their kids. Like, weird yeah. opinions. Yeah, like, it's a Ramon Bender song. Yeah. It's, Shout outs to Ramon Bender. Yeah, like, it's very narrow, weird political opinions. But nothing too controversial. Like, it's not like he has, puts a stance on, like, abortion or anything. No, yeah, he just... Uh, he, he just tries to say something to make her go away. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. Maybe I'll play that song from Ramon Bender because I realize no one knows what I'm talking about. Nope. Uh, and then the last unaired episode, which has the best reviews on the TV.com, is Raquel's mom is released from prison. Mm-hmm. And shows up with her boyfriend who doesn't really do anything? No, he does a lot. Oh, you're right. I forgot. He's a boxer. He has that whole B-plot with Turbo. And every time he hears a bing, a, a bell, he just starts swinging. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, Turbo is in an underground fighting ring. Like you do. And loses. So he wants to use the boyfriend as a... As like a ringer. As a ringer. So he, like, rings up. It's really dumb, and it doesn't go anywhere. And, like, his opponent has his girl. Yeah. And Turbo doesn't come out on top, which I think we needed to see, because Turbo gets away with everything. Well, it ends... His his plot ends with, he was finally just gonna fight this thing that he hates. So he climbs to the roof, lights himself on fire, jumps off... And lands on the ground and, next to them. And lands on the ground, and that's it. It's like, oh, is he dead? Uh, it's very stupid. Meanwhile, the A plot is that Raquel's mom's released from prison and Raquel is estranged from her mother. Yes. And like the kids don't even know her. So it's a long estrangement. Yeah. They're just like, oh, we want a new grandma. Yeah. And again, because Raquel always has to eat crow and be wrong in these shows, mm-hmm. um, everyone else in the family wants a relationship with Raquel's felon mother. Right. And they all kind of end up, like, lying to Raquel and going to a carnival. Like, Raquel's mom shows uh, Alice how to make a prison shiv. Yeah. Like, it's very... Like, she's clearly a bad role model. But in the end, like, Alice has to forgive her. Or, Alice, Raquel has to forgive her. Yeah, well, the idea is, when she got arrested, it was right after her mother gave her a monkey. Yeah. So, like, she has this flashback where she's screaming, give me back my monkey, because they take her mom and her monkey away. And that's supposed to explain why she's always looking for these monkeys, is she's filling the hole left by her mother. But her mother never really redeems herself in any way, or changes. Like, it ends with her mother going, like, I'm going to sell my blood, and then drive until the sunset. Yeah, there's nothing good about her. And there's not really any reason Raquel is wrong to have cut her mother out of her life. No. I mean, she didn't have a choice. She was in jail for years. Because she gets arrested when Raquel is nine? Yeah, like, clearly like a child. Yeah. So this is just a stranger showing up. And being like, hey, I'm I'm hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I guess the idea was that, like, Raquel didn't visit or call or write after she hit, like, her teenage years. Mm -hmm. And didn't even, like... Didn't really talk to her a lot about, like, her husband and family. Yeah, and... just because she's a criminal. Right. But And I don't really see why Raquel is wrong here. I do feel like the show spends a lot of time... I don't like Raquel very much as a character because she's not written likably. But I also feel like she kind of catches a lot of crap throughout the series that she doesn't really deserve. Yeah. Like, she deserves crap for being a hypocrite about the magic cookies. Right. 
But, like, everything else with, like, the mommy wars and, like... Because even before she screws up the costumes, which she deserves to kind of get told off for... Right. Her neighbor tells her off just for, you know, working. Yeah, it's dumb. And I'd like to, to also throw in... Name a video game where someone goes to prison for 20 years. Yeah, it like, doesn't... Like, why is there prison in this world? It doesn't make any sense. Like, they try to ground the show so much in reality that it doesn't make any sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to the big rant that I've been saving with. All right. All right. So, uh, one of my favorite cartoons is South Park. Because you know, Mad Stone and Trey Parker are brilliant. And they talk about how what the way they write an episode is they take a common uh, theme in television and they put the South Park twist on it. Like, hey, my dog ran away. That is a story that we see over and over again in television. Right. The dog is missing. But in South Park, why is the dog missing? Oh, it's because the dog is gay. With this show... It's never a video game twist. Right. There's some video game stuff in the beginning, and then it's any other sitcom. The mom doesn't have time for the show. We're going camping. I didn't do well on the test. I'm fighting with some friends. I don't know how to talk to a girl. What this show is, is someone, like, there's no passion in the show. Yeah. Someone was clearly assigned to do this show. And basically was like, all right, what are some sitcom plots? We'll throw some video game stuff around it. Yeah. We'll make that the animator's problem to make it video game-like. And Because here's the thing. Let's go through all the episodes again. Mm-hmm. I can fix every episode in a matter of moments okay. just to make it video game-esque. Okay, the first one where the problem is she needs a bra because she's going on a date. Yeah, uh, make that... Something that you have to level up to get. You're not at a high enough level to do that. Yeah. Also, make the dog a villain. I know I said that earlier. Yeah, like, clearly delineate where the dog is from. Yeah. What's the next one? Uh, the next one that we, again, in the... We is watched the, it is order. the test. And the test is actually a decent episode. Yeah, so that I'll one's that, actually alright. I'm going to give that one a pass. We'll slide. Next. Alright, uh, the one with Alice and the costume, like the... The play? No, the uh, Alice and the different outfits for the volleyball players and the participation trophy episode. Oh, the participation pro- Yeah, the participation trophy is just simply go for a high score. Done. Yes. Um, it's that simple. Get your name on the high scoreboard. Uh, the next one's the play. The play? Raquel can't make it to Billy's Dance Dance Revolution Society. Uh, recital. recital. Dance, dance, recital. It's that simple. Okay, the next one is the one where they're camping and the drug cookies. Uh, it's it's a power up, and it is no, no, no. It's not a it's not a power up. Instead of because they tried to like quasi make it a power up, make it a cheat code. Okay. This way, it's something that you're against because it's against the rules of the game. She's experimenting with cheat codes. Done. I can fix episode six. The mom was a princess that was missing because of her game, and the player character, the series ends and the player character finally finds her. Yeah. Also, we, we, we missed it. Uh, the, the, the guy that Rip doesn't want uh, Alice to date. Make him from a game he doesn't like. And he's yeah. like, oh wait, he's one of those real-time strategy games. And then you do let's who's, uh, guess who's coming to dinner, 
But instead of it being about race, it's about different game genres. Dumb. Like, this show is so fixable. And it's kind of like, I I think the biggest thing that hurts this show watching it in 2018 is the fact that Wreck-It Ralph exists. Not not just Wreck-It Ralph, I'd also like to throw Code Monkeys at this. Right. Because Code Monkeys did this a hundred times better. And Code Monkeys, still not that great a show. That's why I keep using Wreck-It Ralph. Still done a hundred times better. And that, like, the game you're in is so integral to who you are, and, you know, you have friends and whatnot in your game, and villains are still people, and, like, you can travel to different games. Like, there's a lot of really interesting things done in Wreck-It Ralph Mm -hmm. that you are game characters, and here is how that affects your life. Yeah. I mean, this needed a setting like an arcade, where, like, there's an overarching place they all belong to, and that, like, oh, you know, why the characters in this school are just the kids in of the yeah. characters in this arcade specifically. They, they needed to establish rules for this universe. Yes, which they don't poorly. do. The world building is horrific. And, and that's what ultimately is the most frustrating thing about this show. This show, in terms of enjoyment, is a stay doomed. Yes. But here's the thing. It shouldn't stay doomed. It's such an easy concept to fix. Absolutely. You could easily just do this show correctly and have a great show. Absolutely. Like All you have to do is come through on your premise and know who your audience is. Because if they went all in and was like, okay, this is a show for people who play video games, those people would show up. Yeah. But they don't do that. No, it's, I mean, it reminds me a little bit thematically of The Big Bang Theory, where it's a show featuring a certain thing that's not for that audience. Yeah, we're supposed to laugh because of their nerds. Yeah. But, like, this isn't making fun of gamers. No. It's just bad. (laughs) It's not really anything. It's every show you've already seen done with poor CGI. Yeah, and it's... The idea is, like, the rules of the universe are not made clear. Like, it would make more sense if it was, you know, when the arcade is open, they're at work. Right. Like, they just... The world building is so incredibly poorly thought out. hmm So I would say that, like a lot of shows, this is a stay doomed unless you change so much about it, it's not the same show anymore. Yeah, you could resurrect and fix this show. You could, but no one would. I mean, it's kind of like The Good Family in that aspect of, like, The Good Family could have been a pretty decent show, Mm -hmm. but you'd have to change so many things in it that it would almost be unrecognizable. See, I think the difference between this and The Good Family is The Good Family is a, a, a Mike Judge show. So, like, to fix it, you'd have to take away Mike Judge and it's not gonna work. Right. There is so little identity in Game Over. True. That you could just, you could say, in the hands of better writers, this show would be great. Yeah, like if you threw this to, if you gave the concept to the show to Felicia Day, Will Wheaton, Mm -hmm. and like... Simon Pegg. Anybody who works for like Critical Role. Mm -hmm. Like, any of these stories, now there's all of these storytelling podcasts based on actual play. Yeah, on actual play podcasts, and... Cause Jeff Stormer could do Jeff a better Stormer job with this. Jeff Stormer could do this. a much better job with this. Because I remember when the film Pixels came out, 
everyone was like, ugh, this movie is going to be awful. And I said, all right, I agree with you. Take a moment and recut the trailer for Pixels in your brain and replace uh, Adam Sandler? Sandler with Simon Pegg and replace Paul Blart Mall Cop Kevin James. with uh, Nick Frost. You'd see the shit out of that movie. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's very personality-less. They, these shows, the family shows are always very rough because they don't really do enough to color in the kids. No. And they didn't really do enough to color in anybody except for Turbo, who was just terrible. Yeah, she's just awful. And, like, everything about the, it looks awful. The weird transitions they yeah. do are really Which are bad. video gamey but inconsistent. They're not. Like, there's one where they're playing Pong with Turbo. But other than that, it's not very video gaming. Fair. Like, it's like Raquel or uh, Alice looks at something and goes, ick, and puts something else on. Like, it's kind of like a weird uh, home improvement yes. transition. But, like, to the point where it would throw me off and be like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's just a transition. Especially because, like, the person in the transition would be in the scene. Yeah. So it's like, whoa, wait, oh, okay. And it's supposed to be a video game, so anything could happen. Like, if you want to make a video gaming, make the transition a load screen. Yeah. It was 2004! Which would make sense as, like, the, uh, the transition to a commercial break is have it shift into the load screen and have the load screen end at the end of the commercial break. Yeah. Or, like... If if we're jumping from one storyline to another, you have, you see like the argument that's happening between Rip and Raquel at house, and then it goes to the hub world or the map, and then it goes to the school, and now we're talking about Alice and Billy. It's so easy to fix. Yeah. That's why it's so frustrating. So I think this one is a Stay Doomed, uh, because I really, outside of such a major overhaul... This couldn't be brought back in its current form. You may, for all the work you'd have to do, you may as well start over. I, I don't think it's a major overhaul to just hire writers that could do this. Yeah, I just, I figured by the time you changed everything, it's a mm-hmm. different show. Just don't have the stink of this show on it. Mm-hmm. Just call it something else and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's real bad. It should be a Stay Doomed, but it shouldn't be a Stay Doomed. And that's the issue. Yeah, it should have been better. Whew! So, uh, as always... Uh, I'm exhausted. Um, so next week, we are going to have a very special episode. Yes, on a very special Stay Doomed. We are going to watch uh, the MTV short-lived classic, Clone High. Yes, which I don't actually believe is an MTV show. Really? I, I believe MTV bought it from a Canadian show. That makes sense. It's, I believe it's a Canadian show that they bought. Um... In in America, it was actually called Clone High USA. That makes sense. Uh, so we're gonna be, and that's going to close out Animation Month. Yep, right? that will finish Animation Month, and then we are going to hit Spoopy Month. Spoopy time, gang! And uh, as a reminder, we are looking for suggestions for Spoopy shows, not outright horror, not yeah, Spoopy, not yeah. Spooky, Spoopy. Yeah, we're not going for outright horror. We're going for. Fun, scary, Halloween-y shows. And uh, this is a good time to mention there will be five episodes in Spoopy Month. Yeah, that's true. We got There are five show. Mondays in October. Yeah, so please send us those suggestions for Spoopy Month 
or any suggestions, we're welcome to hear them. And you can do that by sending it to... You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com. Tweet at us at, at staydoomed. Or follow us on Facebook, Stay Doomed. And if you have any idea how to find Megan Wants a Millionaire, please contact one of those roots. Please. Uh, so until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>